welcome back to another episode of the Flight School Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Turner Medlicott, joined as always by Jonah Lossi and Adrian Walker this week. We've got the whole crew back uh, for the first time in a while. We've been wanting to get everybody back in here for uh, a good while. Jonah's over there wilding. Adrian's over there having a good time. Uh, but it's been a hot second since we've had the three of us on here. So how, how are y'all doing? Oh, oh, me, me first. I know, I know y'all. I know, I understand. You guys probably thought I'd retired like Chief Nakahoma, but you know, <laughs> unlike the Braves organization, I have a little more gall than that. And I'm back, you know, you know, no teepees in the outfield, but I'm here and I'm ready to go. <laughs> he, he was, he was doing this the entire, like all before the podcast. And he's not going to stop. <laughs> Oh man, it's good to have you back, Jonah. How how are you doing, Adrian? I I'm just gonna try and make it through this podcast without walking out the room. <laughs> I near I nearly <laughs> spat out my uh, adult adult beverage before I uh when Jonah came on. So you know it's gonna be a great pod. Uh it's speaking of great things that that make us feel good or at least feel better about ourselves. Uh UNC got back in the the win column in, in football this past weekend, albeit against Georgia State. But uh, a big beatdown always makes you feel a little bit better about yourself uh, going forward, um, at least for everything against that offensive line. I didn't learn much from that game. I had a lot of fun at that game. I was there. It was great to be back in Keenan Stadium. Uh, it was not so great to hear... Uh, some of the student section booed the masking recommendations. That was not so fun to hear. So that felt a little great. But other than that, I mean, we beat down a team we were supposed to beat by. Jonah, you said uh, the, on the last pod, if we don't beat them by 35 points, it's it's a loss. And we beat them by, what was it, 40-something? So uh, mission accomplished. But other than that, didn't, didn't really learn any much. Anything that y'all have to say about that game, really? I genuinely have no comment. I, I think, like, of all the games that we were expected to win and win by a lot, this was the one. Um, my questions will be answered whenever we start getting into the into the depth of the season, start getting, you know, week four, week five, week six. Um, if we can start rattling off wins in a row, then I'll kind of consider our season back on track. Um, but I'm still kind of, I'm more on the low from the VT loss than I am on a high from this most recent win. Yeah. Adrian just wants to see what we like when we actually get to the deep end, when in all actuality, this team just took a nosedive into the two foot end right out of the gate. But Hey, um, no, I honestly, if I had to be real, yes, great win 42 points, uh, 42 point win 59 points is great. Uh, Georgia State are an okay team, but by no means are they a great FCS team. Um, but my issue was it shouldn't take me two hours into a game like this to feel at confidence at all. Like it genuinely took me till the midway through the third quarter to feel like we had figured some stuff out. Uh, Sam obviously had, but that's kind of it. Uh, well, and I got to give massive shout out to Antoine Green. He had his best game as Tar Heel, I believe. Um, just right out of the gate, offer some positivity because I probably will rail on some of these guys. Is uh, you know, I think Antoine Green 
we've been talking about his confidence for a while. The coaches have been talking about his confidence for three years. It's just been brutal to see him go through so many injuries. Two of those, two of those catches are two of the best I've seen. Um, Choffrey Brown looked like exactly like he did in the Orange Bowl, where he caught an amazing p- pass and then just absolutely flubbed his lines and dropped a touchdown pass. That's frustrating. Um, I I'm going to be positive and negative. It's time for Kamari Morales. I'm done with Garrett Walston. I don't want to be a dick. Garrett Walston is a, an amazing blocker and a great value to this team, great leader. But if we want to take this passing game to the next level, it has to be Kamari Morales has to start. He looked pretty dang good in his route running, and he looked like he knew what to do with the ball um, once he got it. So I mean, he scored um, that garbage time touchdown that looked pretty like. It was well, and, he, and he got some fantastic first down grabs too, as what he kind of looked like the starting tight end at that point of the game. And I was all about it because I've been calling for him for a couple of years, knowing that it would probably be this year where he steps up. Um, and then on the defense, I was not too impressed. Um, they were fine, but Georgia State is not exactly the best team to me- measure up against. But even given the competition, Miles Murphy was a monster. And as a true sophomore, you need games like that in order to get confidence. And I love it. I love when young defensive linemen show up because he is a powerful guy. And as we're probably going to get into right now, the issue with this team is power and confidence in the trenches. So the truly the saddest thing about the whole game was that our boy power Eccles, speaking of power, got a, uh, interception touchdown robbed from him because because he stepped out of bounds on the run back and it was so close and that I mean that was probably uh, some of the loudest the Keenan Stadium got that whole night was when he got that interception return for a touchdown that was you know eventually called back um, but yeah I mean the, the second and third best plays of the game were called out because I would say the number one was obviously the Sam Howe 60 yard touchdown run where he looked like Trevor Lawrence um, but Number two would probably be Power Eccles, which it stood as an interception, which is huge for his confidence. Yeah. Um, the product out of Zebulon Vance, I know that dude's going to be a stud. Him and Raro Doors both. Um, and then the other one was Shoffrey Brown's uh, toe tap touchdown, which seems so clear to me. Like, even though it's the progression of the heel because he was going the other way, it was a touchdown. Look, look, if I can see that me. from my my season ticket seats are behind the opposite end zone of where that happened. If I can see from that distance that he got his foot in, yeah, I don't really see how you don't overturn that call. But I don't know. A good game. The defense really only allowed um, like ten or thirteen points. They one real school. One real score. I mean, yeah, the, I'm about to the, say because the, the first touchdown they allowed was because. Sam Howell forgot that his running back was next to him and hit his arm on his helmet. Like can't really fault the defense for that one. And they held him for to zero yards and they just nailed a long field goal. So that was a, that was a good stop. Zero yards for the defense. That's perfect. You can't ask anymore. So, but um, yeah, all, all in all, it's what we should have done. Um, and it, you can't really take much from that other than the offensive line still looks atrocious. That's I think the biggest thing moving forward. Um, Y'all harped on it a lot last week. It's really disappointing to not see much improvement. I know we technically haven't seen the whole group out all five, you know, all five starters out there, but I mean, come on. I, I don't really, they shouldn't be playing this poorly still. 
Uh, and it makes me worried about if they can actually get back to the level that we saw them at last year. Um, but I, we're going to see. I mean, because we, we got a real opponent next in, in Virginia. That I we would love to hear from Adrian. And then I got a piece on this offensive line. I actually have actual critique instead of me just being angry and old soul with bad I, I'm Honestly, I, I, I'm more intrigued as to what Jonah's thoughts are. Like, I, I'm genuinely curious to hear. Because coming from an offensive lineman, like a former offensive lineman's perspective, it's just – it's it's – I, I like hearing your opinion on this sort of thing because I feel like this is your bread and butter. I would say it's two things for me that could be potential resolutions to what is going on. First of all, is obvious, and that is Brian Anderson had his first game back. Um, he missed the VTEC game, and he is kind of the leader of that team because as much as Joshua Azudu is a captain, he's not never been quite as much the vocal leader people listen to him but he's not the go up to the line and give everybody the call kind of thing you know that is a different right. level of leadership that's a different kind of leadership i will say um you know uh, to, to for us unc basketball fans out there because a lot of us are still trying to figure out how to watch football us unc fans and it's you can hear it in keenan they are still confused um but it, it's a it's your joel barry versus your theo pinson joel's the leader but everyone turns to Theo when it's time to hear some inspiration, when it's time to hear the play. That's the Theo is the unheralded kind of voice. Um, Brian Anderson is the voice of that offensive line. And when you are out of contention, not only that, he was hurt. So he wasn't even taking reps for a while. That hurts your offensive line. And I think that was a big difference in the first game, especially. And that's not going to be fixed in one game, especially in one game against a lesser opponent. Um, and the other aspect of it, and this has been as both from experience as well as watching um, struggling offensive lines in the past, namely the Steelers the last couple of years, it's indecisiveness. They don't know if they should be pass blocking. They don't know if they should be slamming off the line. It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like they're very, they're not sure. And I think some of that has to do with, we ran more play action first on first down than almost anyone in the country through the first two weeks. I think we were number one or number two in the country in play action on first down, right. which if y'all don't know, it means the line are supposed to act like they're run blocking, but then not actually run block. Cause you'll get a five, you get a, a penalty if you go more than two and a half yards down the field. So they're stuck in these two minds of like, are we pass blocking? Is it a RPO? What are we doing? And so they're not just saying you need to simplify it for linemen a lot of the time. Cause as smart as they are, they're college athletes, they're top tier. Right. specimens and minds sometimes you just need to tell them when you have lacking in confidence and you suck it up for two weeks in a row just knock them in the mouth just that just take a couple plays and run a power play and just almost line up an eye like they did on the goal line which we never do and just slam off the ball and try to beat your man because that's why we're not converting converting the first downs like we want to that's why we're not getting push on first down and if you just take a few plays and tell them to play some slobber knocking football a little bit, just really simplify it. I think that would help them a lot. Yeah. I, that's I, a, that's I a really, that's a really good perspective actually. Cause I think it's a lot easier for those of us who didn't play offensive line or the casual football, football fan probably just sees blocking and goes, that was good or that was bad. I think it's, it's hard for us to just go, or it's easy for us to just go, 
Okay, well, they, they suck. Well, obviously, yeah, but I think those why? are some really good like, ways. So, yeah, why? why? How, how, how are we going to do this? Um, other thing, only other thing that we should mention about Carolina football before we move on is that, and I know Jonah is, is sick that he called it when it happened, uh, Day Day Hollins is out for the season, so that's that's a pretty significant blow to the secondary. Um, Storm Duck is supposed to be coming back within the next couple of weeks, so that helps a little bit. Um, but yeah, but it 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 just sucks because you know you really don't get to see much out of a player. They only get to play you know one and a half games, um, and it happened on like the worst play too. It happened on a play where he was called for defensive pass interference too. So you just you hate to see it. Uh, it's it's hard it's hard to watch, uh, and we're gonna have to see how the secondary recovers uh, moving forward. Um, but to get out of out of the sad and out of the funk and out of the injury and into a much brighter, uh, happy conversation, we should talk about professional football, where at least for a couple of us here, we got some nice surprise wins to open up the season. Uh, and I'll, I'll start with, with you, Joda. Uh, your Steelers got what I think would be a huge win uh, over the Bills. I don't think many people expected the Steelers to win that game. Uh, the Bills being some people's, you know, uh, favorite or at least second favorite in the AFC to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, so, yeah, t- take us through it. I mean, how did your Steelers pull that one off? I think, if I'm going to be honest, we're just going to be that awful team to play this year. We're going to be that thorn in the side team that's not actually that good. You saw that the first half. We didn't score touchdowns to the fourth quarter. <laughs> like, And we won in Buffalo. That means we're real good on defense and we have some good that's leadership and good coaching. Yeah, like we, we got like a lot in Buffalo, of leadership. Like that's crazy. Yeah, no, that's crazy tough. And it shows a lot of passion. It shows a lot of know-how. But it also means there's going to be some excellent teams that are come, that are going to come to Heinz Field or they're going to have to, you know, line up against that black and gold and they're just going to be pissed off for three and a half hours because it's, we're just going to be a frustrating team to play. Cause I think we're probably going to go like 10 and seven, 11 and six, maybe I don't think we're going to be that good, but that defense is going to win so many games for us. And it's going to, we're probably going to win some of those games. We're not supposed to. And because of that, we're going to lose some of those games. We're not supposed to as well, because that offense scares the lights out of me. Because you can't have folks like James Washington, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, and Ben can't throw past 20 yards. Like, I, he is Steeler football to me. I turned to Adam Jordan in, in January, and I said, why didn't he freaking retire? I don't get it. Like, I just, I don't get it. And we're going to have a good season, but it's not going to be a great one. But I'm almost looking forward to – being relegated to the role of not, no expectations except for the fact that we're just going to make you mad. And that's almost more fun considering I was not looking forward to the season, but now I see our identity. We're almost like that Titans or like when the Texans were good, those teams that were really like, we should beat them, but I feel like we're going to lose to them. And that's going to be our entire season. Yeah. And I've, I'm kind of looking forward to the shithousery, honestly. So yeah, no, I mean, I, I would be extremely happy too, even with that. I mean, that offense looked terrible, but it's great when that doesn't even have to matter because of how mm-hmm. good your defense is and, and how well you played. 
Uh, Adrian, you're you're quasi an FL team, at least at least a Fairweather Panthers fan. Fairweather Panthers fans. I uh, got the expected win, but got a win. Uh, no, nonetheless, uh, did you have any thoughts? Did you watch that game? Anything I, that? Yeah, I did watch the game partially. Um, I mean, it's the Panthers and the Jets, so you're not going to get huge entertainment value. Um, but I mean, Sam Donald was quasi impressive. I, I, I wouldn't call. I wouldn't say it was a showing out game. Um, but he looked better than he did whenever he was in a New York Jets uniform. Um, I'm still not hopeful about really Darnold in general as a franchise quarterback moving forward. Um, I don't know if my thoughts or feelings are reciprocated by the more um, devoted Panthers fandom, but uh, I, I think – there was some good signs. The Panthers' defense looked pretty solid, um, albeit it was against the Jet and against Zach, uh, Zach Wilson-led offense, um, in which that was his first NFL game. And I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sold on Zach Wilson anyways. Um, but, I mean, it, it's always good to get a win in the opener, even if it's against the New York Jets. Um, I don't think it, it – gives precedent to the rest of the season um, as to like, hey, maybe the Panthers can win a decent amount of games. No, they won't. But it's at least a I'll leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, Sha- Shaq Thompson looked like an absolute monster. So oh, he looked one, like a monster. Uh, there's yeah. one positive takeaway. There's that. Uh, I just I just can't wait for like week four or five where – not necessarily you, but the more devoted Panther fans are going to be ready to fire Matt Rule and burn the whole franchise to the ground because that's just, I don't know, I feel like that's what happens. It happened will get game. to that point, yes. <laughs> it will definitely get to that point. Um, but I guess for now, you you, you celebrate the win and then um, you, you kind of watch everything burn around you. <laughs> that's, that's all you can do. Um, obviously, uh, last but not least, I think... Uh, maybe even more surprisingly than, than the Steelers winning were my Cardinals uh, pretty much demolishing the Tennessee Titans. I mean that it, it wasn't close. Uh, it wasn't something I expected it. We held Derrick Henry to like eight rush yards in the first half. I don't know who's done that in the past year. Um, so lots of things to be, super confident about i i know jonah called me the most uh optimistic yet pessimistic fan in football last week and that's how you have to be as a cardinals fan because we went five and two last year and then finished the season three and six so i i am totally aware of our tendency to start really hot and then completely fizzle out um, so I'm not <laughs> taking this one win and, and completely changing my expectations. Um, but I was super impressed with that defense. Um, Chandler Jones might just go out and win defensive. Shout out to Chandler Jones. That hey. was as one heck of a performance. I, I have to hand it to Chandler Jones. He's going to be the third person in a row to steal defensive player of the year away from TJ Watt. Like, <laughs> and I think, yeah. I think if he keeps it up, it might be like one of the only ones that actually deserves it. <laughs> yeah. You might disagree, but he's he on pace played, for what? What wasn't it like a hundred and eight sacks? 
the season. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. So at some uh, point, I think it's I think it's closer to eighty now because he had five sacks through like three quarters, and then he didn't have a sack in the fourth quarter. But I mean, five sacks, two forced fumbles. You can't have a better day as a defensive end. Uh, but that defensive line looked amazing. I think part of that was Tennessee's offensive line being god awful, like worse than yeah. UNC awful. When Derrick Henry can't get anywhere because there's Chandler Jones and JJ Watt already meeting him in the backfield, that's not Derrick Henry's fault. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Titans are also a team that had, had got really screwed over by by positive COVID cases. They hadn't gotten to practice and run through as a team uh, much before that game. So I'm not taking a ton away from it, but I can't help but be pretty, pretty damn confident in this team, uh, especially in Kyler Murray. He looked like he took a huge step forward from last year, and there's a lot to be po- positive about. I just... I'm a Cardinals fan, so I got to see it happen over a couple of weeks before I'm ready to say we're going to win the division. Um, I will refuse to allow you to take this mantra of be amazing and then slowly fizzle away. I don't want that. I want be amazing and then combust into flame. Like I want it to be going yeah. amazing. And then out of nowhere, Kurt Warner slant pattern and James Harrison takes it a hundred oh, yards to the house. Like, that's I, what you're going to make, you're gonna make me cuss you out on this podcast. <laughs> I want implosion. I want, you, I want drama. Uh, damn it, Jonah. You're going to, you're going to make me say some things I regret of this podcast, but no, seriously. I mean, I was, I was super impressed. I have a lot of confidence. I think people, doubted that the Cardinals can compete in that division. And I think this week one win shows that the NFC West is really anyone's uh, for the taking. Um, Even if the 49ers tried to blow a a game to the worst team in the NFL, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, And we need to move on to the rest of the league and some of the things that we saw uh, some of the biggest surprises from week one. And I think the biggest of them all uh was the packers they looked terrible aaron Rodgers looked washed straight off of the mvp season um i mean the saints aren't bad but if you have aaron Rodgers as your aaron Rodgers got me like one fantasy point like yeah. when when's the last time that aaron Rodgers put up one fantasy point and wasn't playing like a defense like the Steelers where they're just winning the game on that side of the ball. Uh, I haven't seen a good team fall this short, I think in a long while. And I think the biggest question that everyone's asking is, is this just them being unprepared or is this actually a sign of, of, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers of the Packers, um, uh, you know, regressing back to mediocrity or, or, at least a nine or 10 win team. Go ahead, Mr. Walker. Okay. Okay. Um, I think if you look at a lot of the contributing factors prior to today's or not today, but this weekend's game, um, I think you could, you could see the Packers impending doom. I don't think anyone could, would have predicted this, Um, but Aaron Rodgers didn't play a single preseason game. Um, and 
with every all the drama that happened over the offseason, you got to question how much thought and preparation was actually put into the season itself. Um, and was the team ready? Uh, I don't think they were. Um, they, they, they basically got a preseason game out on week one. Um, and I think, I, I don't think this is a sign of things to come. I think a lot of people are freaking out a bit too much, um, thinking that this is, this is potentially the beginning of the end. Um, I, I think there's still a whole, I mean, there's a whole season left to play. Um, so I don't, I don't buy into it too much as like, okay, this is, this is a really, really big deal. Um, but it was a surprise and I don't think anyone expected, um, them to lose in the fashion that they did because it was like an utter demolishment. So go ahead, Jonah. No, I mean, I was I was pretty impressed that you managed to recite Aaron Rodgers' full uh, post game conference from like two years ago. I think the only thing you're missing was the R E L A X. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I see that wasn't my question. Turner threw me for a loop because I thought he was going to ask me the real question, which the number one question coming out of that game was, you know. Hey Jameis, how good the W tastes? Because you know he was just monching on that thing on the side. Now, I, I that's the that was my biggest storyline. Yes, the Packers sucked, but that happens. We see the best players, the best quarterbacks in the world throw up stinkers every now and then. We watched Jameis yeah. Winston throw in five touchdown passes and look good doing it. And only 148 so yards. Only uh, that man was a fish. Uh, and no, but see, that's the biggest thing. He was efficient as hell, which. He is Mr. That's always 30 for 30. Criticism. Yeah, that's his biggest criticism is, he, is that he's not an efficient quarterback. Um, and I'm, I'm so happy that we're talking about this because I think my the, the biggest thing that I wanted to see, especially week one, but really this whole season, is a Jameis Winston comeback story. He doesn't like a good comeback story. Maybe Jonah doesn't um, because he likes, likes to see everything go up in flames. Um, as we've heard many times before. But I was looking forward to the Jameis Winston redemption story, um, and it got off to a good start. Um, we interrupted Jonah, but feel free to continue. Oh, no, I was say, I was going to say something really inappropriate, but um, I'm not going to do that. Um, no, I, I love a good comeback story. I'm, I'm all about it. And include, I, well, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jameis, even amongst all his oddity and shenanigans. Like, I loved him at Florida State. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun watching him in the national championship year. Um, I'm a big fan of kind of how he is, how he goes about his playing football itself. Um, and it was so funny to me with that expectation of inefficiency um, and kind of turnover prone, the fact that he was kind of the anti-Breeze, where it feels like if Breeze was in that game, he throws for 500 yards and maybe one touch. It's like Jameis throws for less than 150 and five touchdowns. Like it was, it's just not the Saints we're used to, and it's not the Packers we're used to. And I thought it was actually really a really fascinating did, case study. Did you all hear what uh, Drew Breeze said on the broadcast? I did. So funny after yes. uh, Jameis hit, I think it was a 50 yard or 60-yard touchdown pass, you know, obviously his biggest touchdown pass of the day, uh, Drew Brees just without missing a beat says, well, I guess that's what the Saints were, were missing last year. And just 
I mean, Drew Brees has, has had a tumultuous past year because of other things that he said, but that's just a great way to take it in stride. Uh, and also probably true, right? I mean, the reason you say it's not the Saints that we're used to is because Drew Brees had kind of turned into a Saints offense that was, you know, death by a million cuts. He was going to throw for 500 yards because he was going to throw a seven-yard slant pass here and a 11-yard screen there. Uh, and he was great at it, but he was old and, you know, didn't have all of his playmaking abilities anymore. So I think the Saints become one of the more interesting teams to watch because, yeah, they could have been a one-off, but it also shows that they have a system in place to really continue on the momentum that they've been building probably for the for the last decade. Jameis is one of the most exciting football players in the league and has been for a while. Even when he's treacherously bad, he had one of my like top five seasons in history. He had a 30 and 30 season. How in the hell do you throw 30 interceptions in a season? Almost two picks a game, and he stayed the starter the whole year. That takes gusto. I'm just he 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 injects incitement into in a game, no matter what the circumstances. You gotta love that. And that's and that's what the league that's what the league needs too. Uh, all the other thing I want to talk about J.R. Smith of the NFL. Yes, that's honestly <laughs> that's honestly a perfect description. Uh, last thing I want to talk about from week one uh, is just quickly. I want to see uh, which one of these two teams y'all think. Uh, have a more legit shot of continued success. They're both teams that lost to uh, the Super Bowl matchup from last year, but between the Browns and Cowboys, both who lost on a field goal uh, in their week one matchup against uh, the Cowboys played the Buccaneers, the Browns played uh, the Chiefs. Uh, which one of those teams do you see as actually continuing on those set uh, that success and more of a threat and, do you see either one of them as sort of a, a fluke at all? Uh, I think the Browns are going to go as far as Baker Mayfield takes them. Uh, and he was great. Probably, yeah, they probably have the best offensive line in football, um, and their defense is solid. But they need a quarterback who's going to, you know, do what he needs to do because um, they got – talented receivers they got um david and joku back who looked really good in the season opener um they have all the pieces to be successful but they've got to put it together each week um they were this close to to you know winning in week one against the chiefs which that would have been something um something really notable to talk about but i i think of the two teams they're more likely to be successful because they have all the pieces in place. Um, it'll just be a question of how far Baker can take them. I think that there's a lot of fascinating aspects of it. I think the there's two issues that you have to weigh here. Um, the, the third that isn't being measured is that damn you, Turner, for asking a question about two teams led by the two most unreliable good quarterbacks in the league. Um, exactly why I asked it. God, it's just so unpredictable. Um, but I think the main thing, honestly, is who can find more consistency. And I think the Browns can. But the thing is, I trust the Browns as a better team. I genuinely think they're a better team. But 
the Cowboys have the benefit of playing in the NFC East, and <laughs> they don't have as much of that brute. And now division matchups don't matter. They're tough regardless. Okay, I'd rather play some of those teams than have to go in to Pittsburgh, even in a down year where some people might have them third or fourth in the division. We've already proven that we might have one of the best defenses in the league, and that is just a cause for an upset all the time. The Bengals came out of the gate, got an overtime win. That's great for a young team when trying to find confidence. Jamar Chase looks great, and Joe Burrow looks like he's picking up where he left off. And then we all know, as bad as the Ravens can be, how dangerous they are if they figure it out and they get some running backs. I think the Browns have a tougher road, but are the better team. How that works out, I don't really know. I'm going to say the Browns because I think they have a better, a sol- more solid base. I think they have a better defense. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with y'all. But the other thing I think that I'll add that concerns me about the Cowboys is that they have Ezekiel Elliott, who has fallen off a little bit. Um, that that much is true. But they and they were playing the Buccaneers, who have a great defensive line, but they did not want to run the ball in week one. And I don't know if that was a game plan against the Buccaneers and wanting to attack their secondary because uh, it, it kind of worked, but I also don't think that's sustainable for uh, a season of success. The Browns have one of the best running backs in the NFL uh, in, in Nick Chubb um, and uh, everyone's, you know, least favorite uh, abuser in Kareem Hunt uh, as a good alternative al- option. I, I do have to do have to give them that. Uh, so when they're, inconsistent at quarterback they do have those other options and i think that's what lifts them uh and makes them the better makes them the better team but the cowboys could be that you know if they can get zeke back up to snuff because they have a great receiving core um they've got great options on on offense i don't think they have quite the defense the browns do um but i think it'll be more a matter of of coaching than anything and i think the the browns have the the much better coach i mean i'm not really uh too too confident in a in a Mike McCarthy uh led team if I'm being quite honest with myself. But that wraps up unless y'all had anything else that wraps up kind of week one in the NFL. Is there anything in week two that y'all are excited about? Uh wanting to see certain teams, certain matchups? Well there's a couple things left in week one that I'd like to talk about. Um, I want to give props to Jonah because he kind of called this out last week and i'm fully on board now after one after one game um the rams look really really good like okay okay yeah fine say it say it and then i'll say my piece i I, they just i mean matthew stafford with a defense is going to be a problem um i think it, it was state jonah stated it last week um i'm on board i i i agree with him um, I think that game kind of took a lot and I think people are kind of reconsidering. I, I mean, the West is loaded this year. So um, it, it's just going to be, it's going to be really fun to see um, some of the best teams in the league going at each other, um, week by week. Yeah, I'm ready. For, I'm ready for Jalen Ramsey to like actually drop kick Kyler Murray for like no apparent reason, like in the <laughs> middle of a game. Like I expect that to happen. Like that's, no, yeah, no, the Rams look real good. They dipped and then, oh, they won the game easy. That's the sign of a good team when you can dominate, suck for a whole quarter, and then win easy. That's the sign of a good team. Um, and it helps when you come out of the gate throwing a touchdown, but 
God, that Matt Stafford in LA, you can't get much better than that. Like, I just, I'm so excited. I hate it took so long, but I am so unbelievably excited. Man, Jared Goff, poor buddy. That's all I got to say. Yeah, poor, poor guy. <laughs> I have, I have no sympathy for him uh, as a, as a known and maybe the loudest uh, Jared Goff hater uh, that, that exists. Um, but no, I mean, in all seriousness, the Rams look good. They're going to be good. Um, I can easily see them winning the division or if not winning the division uh, coming in a really close second uh, for that division. Um, they literally got an upgrade at quarterback and stayed great everywhere else. So you would only expect them to be better this year. The only thing that I'll say is they were playing an anti Andy Dalton led team. And it's really easy to dominate an Andy Dalton led team, especially like you said, when you hit, a touchdown uh, that early in the game, um, you know that doesn't take anything away from how how good they looked. But I I want them to see a more I want them to play a more competent team uh, before I'm completely sold that they are you know the best team in this division and a and a real threat in the in the NFC. But I mean the same can be said about a lot of other teams. So uh, as much as I dislike the Rams they are going to be a really fun team to watch this year. And I hate that I actually get to say that, but it's, it's true. Just make a bunch yeah, of I, St. Louis jokes and you'll be fine. Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the only man. other thing I'll say is, and this is props again to, to your team, Turner, but I think Kyler Murray will be the MVP um, in week one. So I, I don't know if that will carry on, um, but if I had to pick like, MVP of the league in week one, that would be my choice. I mean, Kyler Murray is a consistent MVP in September. That's great. I mean, keep doing that as long as you fall apart at the end of the season. I'm I'm cool with it. I think it'll be interesting to see, like you said, his long his long term success. Um, I think something that went under the radar last year is that he played the second half of the season uh, with a hurt shoulder that it was pretty clear he never recovered from because he stopped running he stopped uh, his mobility for fear of re-injuring that shoulder um so durability will be a big thing but i think if he stays healthy and this offense stays the way it is um he's got a he's got a really good shot at at uh being an mvp candidate and even winning the mvp um but he he makes those plays that lamar jackson still kind of makes but really lamar jackson's rookie year that he made where you just kind of look at him and you go how how the hell like, are we watching like some kids uh, throwing the ball around in the backyard playing two hand touch? Like, he shouldn't be doing that. I I I don't want to hear the excuse about the hurt shoulder. Ben Roethlisberger has had a hurt shoulder since 07 that he hasn't recovered from yet, and he's doing just fine. Um, it's, at least, it's uh, up until about 2015, but that's that's a good eight years. You know, you know. I think that's about how old Kyler Murray is. I don't know. I can't. <laughs> more of these guys in the nfl um i will give it myself one more props um in the worst way because i'm again i am a demon um and the rams was the second best call i had of the of the week now my number my number one uh best call is trying to dash adrian's hopes and dreams because he was like you know he was talking a big game and i looked at him i said ryan fitzpatrick will not finish this season and i feel like an ass because he made it about 17 minutes um 
I'm the worst, and I'm and I'm sorry. I'm, I'm good at this, but I I know I'm going to hell, and we we can all confide in that. <laughs> I think. Ah, uh, oh man. So, knowing that, are there are there any week two matchups that excite y'all? Uh, I I can start us off. I think two of the two of the biggest ones. Uh, really, the mo- most interesting one to me is Cowboys Chargers. Cowboys looked really good. Chargers. They did play Washington, but Chargers looked really good. I think that tells us a lot about uh, both teams. Um, I think if the Chargers win that game, they have a real case at actually not winning their division, but competing in their division, which would be crazy. Um, so that's, I think, my game uh, of the week to watch is is that Cowboys-Chargers game. That might be flying a, a little bit under the radar even. Um, I think a fascinating one is Bills Dolphins uh, divisional matchup, um, and it's not an end all be all. But and the Bills should win, but they should have won Week One. <laughs> They're playing a lesser opponent, and they didn't have you know the issue of having to play. You know now they have to go down to Miami, and oh, and uh, they're zero and one, and they already lost to a good defense, and oh crap, and if they lose. Miami beat New England. All of a sudden, Miami's 2-0 and 2-0 and in the division, no less. That, that's got a lot of weight in who I just yep. picked to make the Super Bowl with the Buffalo Bills. So that's a heavy, heavy game. What seems kind of iffy, because definitely the Bills should win, I don't think it's going to be as simple as that. Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty cool because we all have different games that we're kind of looking forward to. The one that I'm interested in, um, is the Titans-Seahawks matchup because we watched the, the Titans kind of get rolled by the Cardinals in week one. But a lot of people had a lot of expectations for the Titans heading into the season. Um, the Seahawks look solid in week one, um, but I don't think that they're, they're definitely beatable. Um, so I'm interested to see how the Titans bounce back. Um, if they kind of get it together, they show up, and they actually play to their talent level um, because I think they're capable of beating the Seahawks. But at the same time, if the Seahawks kind of curb stop the Titans like the Cardinals did, um, then it's going to be – that's a start to the season. No, I think that's huge. Yeah, I think that's huge too. And I I think Derrick Henry will bounce back from the line of scrimmage, and they're going to be terrible. I think the Seahawks can win that game too. Yeah, we're gonna see a couple teams that we thought are good and might still be good, probably be even too. I think the Ra- I mean the Ravens, I don't really see them beating the Chiefs and they'll they'll be 0 and 2. So uh lots of interesting things to watch. I'm sure we'll have completely different perspectives. I still I could see my Cardinals rolling. I could see us losing by like 15 to the Vikings, who looked terrible against against the Bengals. So that's what makes it fun. Each week, maybe we get closer to actually bringing Jonah in to, to watch some of these games, uh, and that's that's all we can do. But before we head out, uh, Jonah, of course, uh, you got to give the people what I've been listening to this week because I've I've been really excited about uh, this this shift. Well, the fall's coming in. I knew Turner. This is one of the first times. Usually, he's pulling out these people I don't know about, but he gave me one that me, Adrian himself adrian's daddy bruce my daddy turner's daddy we can all just sit down with a whiskey and talk about and that's hank 
Williams Jr. Now, I Turner, what's your favorite Hank Jr. record? My favorite Hank Jr. record? Yeah. You know it. I, Ballad of the Hills and Plains. I know. I know it. I know you. You know it. You like the Doc Holiday. You just want to get trashed and watch Tombstone up at my house when you come up. I know what you're I know what you're playing at. You know, you know what the vibe is. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, as as fall rolls in, uh we'll we'll roll out of this episode. I had to give you one last bad transition before we got out of here. But thank you so much uh for listening. It's great to get all three of us back in here and back uh acting acting a fool. Uh, but follow us on Twitter at flight underscore pod. Uh, thanks again for listening this week and y'all have a fantastic rest of your week. You're all right. Boy. Peace.